This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Hello and welcome to Unequal Sequel. I am Dave and I'm one of your hosts of this very podcast. And I'm Rich and I'm the other host of this podcast. Think of me as Harry and Dave as Lloyd. I'm dumb, but he's definitely dumber. Very good. <laughs> the premise of Unequal Sequel is very simple. We ask our guests their best ever sequel, worst ever sequel, and finally their dream sequel. And of course, we often drift off and talk about some other stuff. Sometimes it's movies, sometimes it's just whatever comes out of our mouths, really. And on today's episode, we are joined by comedian, presenter, podcaster and actor, Sean Walsh. For those of you that don't know, Sean has a real passion for movies. He used to do a little short segment on a on a radio show all about movies, and he especially loves Ghostbusters. It's fair to say that me and Dave both really enjoyed doing this episode. It was fun. We were very excited to sit down with Sean and chat all things sequels with him. And these are Sean Walsh's unequal sequels. Enjoy. Do you remember the first sequel you went and watched by any chance? Or the first sequel you got excited about? Well, I'll tell you what, the first sequel that I would have watched is part of my favourite franchise. And, and probably, you know, one of my favourite films would be Ghostbusters 2. Wicked. So I would have been four. And uh, and then went on to have the double VHS of Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2 and would wake up and watch that on repeat until I went to sleep. And that's basically, <laughs> that was my childhood. I think um, I had the same video, yeah. And yeah, I think I in think terms I had the same of... video too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, what, did you have the one where there was a black and white Batman in the middle? Oh, no. no. No, I didn't have that one. There was a multi, yeah, it was a VHS and, and uh, it was just one tape. It wasn't oh, two right. tapes, it was one tape. They managed to shove all of the film, on, all, both films onto one that's tape. A, that's a long tape. <laughs> and yeah, and in the middle was a, an episode of a, you know, a, the before the 60s Batman. Wow. And very random. But, uh, and it also had the trailers for Karate Kid Part 3 and a film called The Bear Part 2. Like, I didn't know there was a bear <laughs> one, but it must have, it must have done quite well. It got a sequel. Yeah, well, um, yeah. But uh, in terms of, to look looking forward to a sequel i would it would probably be off the top of my head it would be the lost world jurassic park because it had and it, this was all about the teaser trailer and we don't really live in a you know we live in a time now where because of the internet we know the film's coming we know the film is coming perhaps even years before we see that teaser trailer but mm. i was a kid wasn't a you know particularly huge subscriber of film magazines or anything i think i would get them occasionally but you are a child sitting in a cinema there to see another film suddenly there's lightning and then bang t-rex's uh, footprint in the mud this is the first time you're you're finding out there's going to be a sequel to jurassic park it's mind-blowing and i wish it was I, I don't know how you could you know how they could keep that a secret anymore but i wish it was still like that because we'll never feel that although no. in saying that they managed somehow to keep the Jason Reitman Ghostbusters under wraps, I think, because mm. I had no idea until that teaser came out. So, yeah, yeah I was pretty lucky. There was <laughs> there were always rumours about Ghostbusters 3, and there was always a kind of a, Bill Murray's not going to do it, and, you know, someone's not going to do it, and nobody wants to do it, and then that went on for years and years and years, didn't it? And then, yes. but yeah, suddenly that, that teaser trailer hit, and you're like, hang on, this is happening. Yes. Yeah, this is a thing. <laughs> I cried. Did you? I'll be honest. <laughs> Yeah, goosebumps, Fantastic. tears. It's just, it's all I've fantasised about since number two, since I was four years of age. 
Wow. So I'm with you. Happy. I absolutely love Ghostbusters 2. I think Yes! I think I think Ghostbusters I almost prefer Ghostbusters 2 to Ghostbusters, the original. This like, is a safe place, Sean. We are all- <laughs> Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna argue. I completely understand that. It was my I preferred number two for, for most of probably most of my life, but I think I've come round to preferring one. But I, I love two. I don't I don't know what anyone's problem with it is. It's brilliant. I think it's great. Do you what know is the story behind yeah. behind how they got Bill Murray to do it? They they completely lied to him, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Ivan Reitman pitched him a completely different script, and he turned up yes. to film it, and it turned out to be Ghostbusters too. And he's like, "Hang on a minute." <laughs> yes. And then and he basically went, "Oh, well, I'm here. I may as well do it." <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what anyone anyone's problem with it is. I, I think the only silly thing. Although, I mean, there's a few silly things, but you would expect perhaps if the Ghostbusters are in court, you might expect someone to just, you know, if they're saying there's a river of slime, you might get someone to just pop their head down and go, no, they're right. There is a river of slime. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. The only bit that really annoys me about Ghostbusters 2 is the painting at the end. I still don't understand how that painting exists <laughs> that world. I don't, I can't get my head around, even like as a four-year-old, five-year-old, I was like, how did that get there? I don't understand the, the magic and the yeah the, the logic. Behind, just, yeah, the logic. Just it. accept it, Dave. Yeah, I can buy everything happens. else. I can buy the Titanic coming back and the the coats coming alive and other yes. The picture that was too much for me. But apart from that, love it. I can Good. watch it a lot, to be honest. One and two. The like the Statue of Liberty coming to life because they filled it with like good vibes, slime. It's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's I think we need concept. we need some of that mood slime now. We're in, in, in with the current state the the planet is in. We yeah. need the Ghostbusters to come back, play higher and higher to some pink slime, <laughs> and, and and hose down a lot of the population of this planet. I'd Brilliant. love that. That would I'd be really amazing. Love that. <laughs> so Ghostbusters two is not your favourite of a sequel, right? So I guess it's up there somewhere. It's up there, but I didn't want. To, I didn't just want to. Otherwise, we're just going to bang on about Ghostbusters for the whole of whole of That's this fine. episode. So, but what is your favourite ever sequel? What is number one? I think this would be. I'm guessing this would be a lot of people's, and it's not a particularly original <laughs> choice. But it's The Dark Knight. Brilliant choice. And so good. You know, I think a lot rides on. Obviously, it's an incredible film. But I think this choice rides on the fact that I saw this at the BFI, the Waterloo IMAX, which was my first experience of IMAX. Now, Nolan didn't shoot all of Dark Knight in IMAX, but he did shoot the opening, the sort of prologue. So the opening shot that you get, which is that sort of helicopter shot, zooming in on that, uh, you know, tracking in on, on that building, is in IMAX. And I remember that the entire audience was sold out. And this is this feels like it was something that would happen in, a, in a, an American screening, but the entire audience gasped because yeah. the, the resolution, you know, we had never seen anything like this. And suddenly we were flying yeah. through, through Gotham. Bang, the sound, the IMAX sound, the glass shatters. You knew immediately, immediately that you were about to, you know, go on a journey that you hadn't been on before. And I think that we take it for granted that that the impact of that film had. It was absolutely mind-blowing. You're going to start a film. How are we going to start it? You know, a a heist. um, Yeah job about a, a bank robbery and in that we are going to climax with introducing Heath Ledger's Joker this is really why we're this is you know it's not why we're here we're here to see Batman but this it's all about the Joker and mm. bang he rips off that mask and and delivers yeah. that that line and it's just wow is there a better is you know is there a better in terms of opening scenes I, th- I think you're hard pushed to find a better opening scene to a to a film. I was I was like you. That was my first first IMAX screen. Um, yeah, oh, wow. So like you, you walk in. I've never been in a room like it. The screen's just so big. Yeah. And the sound, like you said, it was. I think we might be some rain, Sean. But that, it was amazing. I've never had that experience again. And I've taken for granted that, especially that side of the screen. I took my dad to go see Dunkirk a couple of years ago, and he had the same kind of experience. He couldn't get over how big that screen, how magical that makes that film. But what a film. And what an opening with the music, with the Joker. Just Oh, my God. Just all... Cl- I've got goosebumps. Just the... Cl- the you know, it all... In a, in, a, in a sense, you know, like, 
he knows how to how to when he's telling a story he really knows how to tell it to a point so that it's all building up to a point you know mm. you know you mentioned dunkirk dunkirk is a 90 minute film that is essentially all building up to the point that tom hardy shoots down that plane in yeah. silence there's no engine and you see that plane in smoke go down behind kenneth Branagh's head the whole film is a 90 minute sort of masterpiece that builds up to that point this is a smaller version it's just all building up to this point but he's gonna bend down <laughs> pull over that pull off that mask and say whatever doesn't kill you something makes you stranger and then bang <laughs> hans zimmer kicks in and People were laughing, and they were laughing because they were giddy. Yeah. They were giddy at what we expected it to be good. No one expected yeah. it to be that good. So this was, was this one of the first films on IMAX? Because I read a story about there being four IMAX cameras in the world in existence when this was filmed, and during that heist, Christopher Nolan destroyed one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so after that film there were only three left <laughs> right. so i don't know if it was the first one that came out in imax in that kind of I, I do remember that they played that sequence before mission impossible ghost protocol at imax so a lot of people went to see mission impossible just to see that opening in the imax i didn't because i didn't want to spoil it for me i uh, there, there were did, some other did you oh no 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 i didn't do that but I did go to, I like, unfortunately, I can't remember what was on, but I did go to see whatever it is that was on so I could see the prologue to The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, what was on that one? It's, it's, uh, oh, do, can you remember what film that was on? No, I'm on? trying to think. It could have been a Star Trek or something. Possibly. But that was when, uh, that, that was when the, the big complaints that you couldn't, you couldn't hear what Tom Hardy was saying. And you definitely could, it, you know, I, I'd heard the rumours. I'd heard the sort of reviews. It's amazing, but you can't hear what you're saying. You couldn't hear what he was saying. They definitely went back. Warner Brothers went, Chris, get back in that bloody editing room and sort out the sound so you can hear what he's saying. Yeah, it, it, but, it, you know, it's... I don't know if we're going to talk about Dark Knight Rises, but it couldn't. It couldn't. Yeah. Unfortunately, it just couldn't live up to, to that film and obviously that opening sequence. So yes, it was certainly one of the first. It was certainly one of the first films uh, shot in IMAX, but it was it was definitely a film of its the first film of its sort of scale. I think definitely. I was say to build up to seeing it. What was your what are your memories about that? How, how excited were you? Were you? <sighs> well, they've you know. Were you watching trailers or were you ignoring? Absolutely. Them? No, 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 no. They released a teaser trailer. I don't know if you remember this. It was a minutes long. There was no footage from the film. It was the Batman logo. And the Batman logo was slowly cracking. And yeah. as it was cracking, you had Bruce Wayne, a VO from Bruce Wayne saying, you know, to Alfred, it's getting worse. Alfred. Alfred says, I think in this uh, minute trailer says, some people just want to watch the world better. And, <laughs> I remember and then, that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I remember that teaser, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you hear Heath's Joker for the first time go, starting from tonight, people will die. I'm a man of my word. And then bang, the sort of Batman logo explodes and the Joker's card spins out. And you just, it was just, everything was done perfectly. And the fact that they, you know, the way that they, do, do you remember they were teasing Heath's Joker? They show, you know, because we didn't know that they were going to take this this new, what would you say, sort of interpretation or approach yeah, yeah. at the at the Joker. And then you they they released an image that was at a black backdrop. You couldn't see his hair. It was just the face and it was white and he had the scarring. Mm. And you you didn't I sort of didn't know what to think. Amazing for this for this film was amazing. Like that they did this the thing in Chicago where they had like it was sort of like a like a scavenger hunt, like a Joker-based scavenger hunt. And they sent people kind of all around Chicago trying to find like because Gotham, Chicago, basically, isn't it? You know, that's, yes, that's where it's all shot. And they they had they had like DC Batman fans going all the way around Chicago trying to find <laughs> these clues and stuff. But just to figure out this before they'd I think they'd announced what the Joker looked like, and then at the end is like a Heath Ledger in full kind of gear. And that's when he that's when he first got to see who the Joker was. Essentially. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Do you yeah. remember the hoo ha about when they cast him as the Joker? Yeah, everyone was like up in arms. <laughs> everyone they? went mental for absolutely 
Leave no reason. Yeah. It's going to be like Paul Bettany for ages. And I can't think of anything, anything like weirder now. <laughs> I know. It's bizarre, isn't it? it it's like... because, do you know what I think that was down to? I suspect, I don't know in terms of, you know, his, his sort of box office impact. It certainly wasn't, you know, it wasn't the biggest name that you could have gone for. It, mm. it, it wasn't on paper the most exciting name you could go for. I think for me, and I did have, I remember not being, I'll admit, and I'm, of course I'm, I was wrong, absolutely wrong. <laughs> Couldn't have been any more wrong. But I remember he didn't have a pointy nose. And that really annoyed me. That his nose wasn't pointy enough <laughs> to be the, the joker. Yeah. And he didn't have the sort of, you know, the, the sort of pointy chin. But then I suppose, mm. thinking about it, I did Jack Nicholson, really. But, but, you know, like, for example, Bettany. Bettany has a sort of more jokery face. So mm, it, yeah. Makes sense. What are your favourite scenes from The Dark Knight? Which ones stand out for you? Got any favourites? Uh, well, apart from the beginning, but of course, there are, you know, there are several key points, but I think, again, in terms of being there, being at the IMAX, you've, you've heard the Joker's voice. You've now sort of, you've got this little peek at how Heath is going to play him through the, the, the ripping off the mask and delivering that line at the beginning. But we've still not got a sense of a bigger sense of how he's going to play him. How is he going to live within him? <laughs> he does. It's just incredible. You have the, the, the crime lords sat there. It's crazy. The, yeah. And then it, it comes to, I think, that was it sort of tracking shot behind him. He walks through the thing, the sort of, you know, the detector, the, the thing. And we're waiting for the famous laugh. You know, the big joker cackle. That's what we're... And that's what everyone is expecting. And he just goes... Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and it got such a big laugh in the cinema. No one was expecting it. What a way to play with what you're expecting. Also, yeah. it made him more menacing. That scene is a phenomenal scene. You've sort of introduced him twice. What a, what a clever way of doing it. You know, we'll rip off the mask, we'll never deliver a line, then hold it back, really hold it, and, and then let him enter a scene like that, and he just... I really love that there's absolutely no origin story whatsoever for the Joker. It just allows the Joker to be a thing. You know, it doesn't explain him, doesn't kind of try to fill in the blanks for you. You know, it completely leaves that to you. And that just, that for me just makes it perfect. Well, you know, but, you know like when he, um, he, I think the first time that he ends up delivering his backstory is to yeah. one of, I can't remember the name of, sorry, you might remember the name, the guy where he cuts, I think, you know, he, he kills him. Uh, and, he kill, and he kills him, and and it's before he kills him that he says, like, do you want to know how he, I got these scars? So, you know, we I think we've all forgotten that because we talk about, oh, how brilliant it is that he keeps on, you know, coming up with these different backstories. But the first time you're watching that, you think, oh, well, there's the backstory. Yeah. Mm. So then he, when he delivers a different one, it's just mind blowing. Yeah. Again, you can't believe how brilliant it is. And of course, yeah, of course, of course, he doesn't tell the backstory. Of course, he doesn't. <laughs> yes, that's so perfect. Um, so that you know, there's that. I think there's every time he tells a backstory, that opening scene. But again, you know, it's it's got to be the 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 one on one meeting with Batman in prison. You're not like them. Mm. When the light turns, he turns the light on. He's just standing behind him. Oh, oh absolutely yeah. wonderful! Hits his head on the board. Yeah, it's great. What, it's, 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 if you, by the way, if you, you know, if you watch that again next time you watch that, remember this. I, I, I actually didn't. I've not looked up this, if you will, goof, but I did <laughs> spot it myself. Which is before Batman slams his head on the desk, you can see Heath just. Before he does it, flinch, because he knows it's coming. <laughs> you can see the actor go, oh, God, here we go, and does it. Yeah, you're, you know, we're the, what's the dialogue? But, you, you know. One, sorry, I was just wondering how many takes of that it took for him to flinch like that. It's like, this is the 15th time now. Yeah. Just... yeah, 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 yeah. And, of course, that's also the scene that, you know, that's, so not only do you have this fantastic one-on-one, -on -one, the great, you know, without a doubt, I don't think anyone could really contest it, the, the, the greatest superhero villain of all time yeah. against one of, absolutely one of, the best superheroes of all time. We've been waiting for this. We've not had it since 1989 and they're back and we're getting to watch it. 
they're talking. It's just, it's brilliant. It's what cinema's about. It's it, it's event cinema. I can't yeah, believe yeah, it. Yeah. The Joker and Batman, one on one, just talking. And but it's also the scene that then sets that amazing chase where where Batman then has to go and and uh, he's obviously he's trying to save. I'm sure we could do spoilers on this. Oh yeah, go for if, it. You know, he, yeah, he thinks I mean, he's going to save Rachel. And, we're all right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he thinks he's going to save Rachel, and he ends Rachel. up saving half. Oh, it's just the way that film unfolds. And I'm not actually a huge fan of action. I think you tend to grow out of it as you get older. I think what Nolan paid a lot of attention to, it's very apparent in in, in a Dark Knight in particular, is. Every piece of action is really part of the story. So you were so invested, you, you know, that when Batman's off to, to try and save Rachel, you are so invested in this, this chase sequence, this ac- action sequence, because of where it's going. And he doesn't, he never stops that. That's all the action is always, there's always jeopardy uh, at the bottom of it. So... It's just, it, it's absolutely brilliant. And you're right, it's a grown-up yeah. film, isn't it? You know, it's not, yes. a, it's not a kid's movie. It's not a, it could be. Yes. You know, the, the original, the, the Jack Nicholson Joker was kind of a kid's Joker. I mean, he's menacing and, and evil, but, you know, you could, oh, I was a kid when I watched it and I didn't, I wasn't disturbed by it. I think if I was a kid and watched Heath Ledger's Joker, I'd be a little bit more disturbed. Oh, than my God. The original. The, the, <laughs> yeah. bit where the, the mayor is... I don't know if I can't remember now, but if the mayor is, I think thinks things are going to be okay, and he turns around to face out the window, and bang, a, a dead body smacks off off the window. That bit's ter- you know yeah. everyone jumped, and it's terrifying. And the the imagery of the the um, the guy tied, you know, the Batman, the sort of Batman um, wannabe tied up with the Joker mm. talking down the camera. Yeah, yeah. really, and really this was terrifying. The, the brilliant time where you thought, hang on a minute, like superhero movies can be great for grown-ups you know this is like a bit of a comic book geek and i've always kind of loved my superheroes and stuff and i thought this finally dc are going to crack this and dc are going to make comic book movies for grown-ups and sadly completely wrong after these this trilogy but there we go you know, yes kind of, but, 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 <laughs> kind of but also again you know in terms of a film that that changed you know changed the the direction of of cinema i think this is is one of them. It, it again. It's that sort of you forget that this film had the impact it had. It films. Oh, I suppose you sort of X Men did it as well. To be fair, X Men did do it. But like to t- to take the the superhero and really set it in the real world and give it that that feeling that you were watching. I uh, one of a better word, a sort of serious film. It was yeah. take. It was really taking its subject matter seriously. And then that went to go. I think that the sort of. But it could apologise for a lot of films after it. There was a lot of films where you're going, no, just could you just stop taking yourself seriously? You're not the Dark Knight. But, yeah. yeah. you know, at the time, it was amazing. It was amazing. What do you think is Christian Bale was Batman? Because we've talked about Heath Ledger a lot. Yes. And this is Heath Ledger's film, pretty much. What, what do you make of Bale and his performance as Batman? And Bruce Wayne, because I think he's a brilliant Bruce Wayne, but he's not the greatest Batman. Well, who do you think is the greatest Batman? Keaton's the greatest Batman. Keaton, yeah. Definitely. I well, so I like Affleck as well. Weirdly, I'm not a comic book. You know, I'm not into my. I nearly say I'm. I nearly say comic book nerd. That's fine. I'm afraid that I'm not. I'm not into comic books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Dave Flayshorn. It's a shame. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that Keaton is, of course, my favourite. Wayne, but probably I, I'm. That's probably not how you're meant to play Bruce Wayne. It was such a such a you know when my Michael Keaton brings Michael Keaton, doesn't he? He doesn't yeah. really know. And this isn't you know, I absolutely adore Michael Keaton, but it, you know he brings Michael Keaton, and and that's what you're getting. So he's certainly my and those eyebrows. I mean, I think the best moment in any Batman film is in Batman Returns when he's being called. He's being summoned to to get, you know, the, the penguins men are attacking Gotham. And then a giant bat signal turns into Wayne Manor. The bat signal lights up yeah. into his living room, goes through the window, lights up the living room. And Michael Keaton, <laughs> Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne has just sat in his armchair in the dark, doing nothing. What was he doing? <laughs> What was he doing? There's no telly on, there's no book. He's just sat in an armchair doing absolutely nothing. The light comes bang, bat signal in there. And he gets up 
and turns round and looks at the bat signal and it lights up his face and he's got those eyebrows. That's a moment. That that's, is a moment. Yeah, that's a fantastic moment. But um, so yes, Michael Keaton would be mine. But I, there's a thing. I, I've really grown to love Bale's version of Bruce Wayne. I really have. But I just, I think in terms of how seriously, you know, Nolan's Batmans are pitched, I think the place to lighten it up a little bit would have been with Bruce Wayne. And I just think Bale, Bale, does, I just don't think, uh, I don't want to slag off an actor as, you know, as incredible as Bale. <laughs> yeah, he's he's amazing, he's ama you know, he's, he's ama of course, incredible. But it's just... It's like this could be a bit lighter. That's all I thought. Mm. But and 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 then and then I think Ben Affleck, like Ben Affleck, I thought was great. I thought was really really good. And such a shame that he he was given those films. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I, I really like Ben Affleck actually. Uh, but yeah. again, I can't forgive Batman versus Superman. I'm I'm sorry. It's just like. No. It's just one of the worst experiences of my life in the cinema. <laughs> just, <laughs> Sorry to hear I can't that. get over it. I can't. I was in a really old rickety cinema in Bognor Regis, and I just okay. came out going, "What? What was that? What have we just done?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't make a lick of sense. It doesn't. <laughs> I've heard the. I've heard like the director's cut is better and makes a bit more sense. But yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> Fair enough. I can't. I can't bring myself to do it. Did you yeah. watch the? I assume you saw the Snyder cut of Justice. I I haven't yet. I haven't. No, I don't have. To, I've. I haven't got four hours to spare in my life right Fine. now. No, but fair Dave, you, Dave has though. Dave's seen it. I haven't got a child, so yeah, I, I got. Okay. Those yeah. And, and 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 were you satisfied? Uh, it was a film, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> Good, great. I mean, I, all you say? I would love that as a review. He is a comedian, and I enjoyed him. Fine, yeah. I'll take that. That's, it that's was great. a. It was four hours. Um, it was. <laughs> it's. It's, I mean, it's better than what came before it, certainly, but it's still, and th this is, is a compliment and a negative, it's a Zack Snyder film. So it's got all his pros, but it's got all his cons. And he fucking right. loves, like, slow-mo. Slow-mo everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could be three hours long if it wasn't so, so uh, slow-mo. Um, and he loves yes. other songs. <laughs> he, he just likes, he, he, he does shoot perfectly pretty pictures, like... Some of yes. these stills are works of art, but he holds on them, and you're like, he's like, look how fucking good I am, lads. This is yeah, It's about four hours. I knew, but the th it sort of cheated because it was in lockdown. Yeah, and so I was glad it was four hours. It's like, thank God, don't end. <laughs> and it was on Sky Cinema. It was called yeah. I Now TV. I didn't have to pay extra for it. Yes, one but. You know what I mean, but um, whereas, oh no, 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 no! I did a free trial week. Watched oh, Justice League <laughs> and cancelled that baby. Nice, <laughs> nice. yeah. For oh, me, I was desperately trying to get myself through homeschooling and thinking, "What have I done with my life?" <laughs> <laughs> I had the kind of same thought, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I, yeah, by the time by the time I got to the evening, I was, I was yeah, it's very chance I was watching four hours of Batman or Justice League. Yeah, that went oh. happening. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. This episode is brought to you by Tinder. You matched, chatted, vibe checked. Now it's time to meet IRL. So what's stopping you? Tinder is making dating safer and easier with their excellent safety features. Like Share My Date, the best way to let your friends know your plans. While Noonlight allows you to discreetly call emergency services. And Are You Sure will prompt people to think twice before sending a potentially harmful message. Explore all of the possibilities for yourself. It starts with a swipe. Download Tinder today. This episode is brought to you by Dove. You use all the right skincare products for your face, but your body has been missing out. With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO. What is the most disappointed you've been by a sequel? Not the worst. 
disappointed? Well, I think, well, okay. It's been a long, long time since I've seen it, but I was furious, absolutely furious because I loved X-Men 1. I loved X-Men 2 and, you know, X-Men 3 was just... And I I now can't really remember why, but I think in X-Men 2, Zinger had set up the Phoenix, hadn't he, at the end? The Phoenix yeah. is un- like under the ocean. And so, you know, you, you set up this this big plot and, and it just... What is Vinnie Jones doing in an <laughs> X-Men film? He's the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> just... And it went. It was Matthew. I think Matthew Vaughan was gonna direct it, and then he there was a yeah. There's a few as a directors at one point, and then it's Brett Rayner in the end. Yes, and just absolutely horrific. I I I'm a, I can't remember why, but I do remember wanting to walk out. I'm a big walker outer, by the way. If I'm oh, not really? enjoying it, I just, I'll just go. Come, this is I'm on this planet once. You know. I don't yeah, know what it. am I doing. This is terrible. I'm not going to wait here. I'm completely the opposite. My wife texts the Mickey at me all the time because I'll sit there going, "I hate this. This is so awful." She's like, "Don't watch it then." I was like, "I've got to now. I've started it. It might get yes. better." <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Apart from Spider Man Three, Spider Man Three was a no. no. Oh, that's the only film Did you I walk out? The cinema. Yeah, yeah. He got offered a Chinese instead, and he went for that. Yeah, my friend, my friend I was with was like, "There's an all you all you can eat Chinese next door. Let's just do that instead, shall we?" And then watching Toby Maguire dancing, thought, "Yeah, go on then." Oh man, <laughs> the emo Toby Toby Maguire. Oh god. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with. X-Men 3, I can't remember why. I can only remember how angry I was. They made the Phoenix storyline not even the proper storyline. They they put the pushed her to the background. They can't make they, a Phoenix story, can they? They've ruined it twice. In yeah, films, twice. You know. <laughs> like, in the new one as well. Yeah, Dark Phoenix, also, which actually has also, Phoenix in the title. But didn't they just... Hang on, didn't they kill off Xavier? And... They, they killed off Storm and Xavier. Yeah. And it, and, and it wasn't... It's so strange, isn't it? Because it was, I remember not being moved by it. It was It was done so badly that instead of being, you know, you know, I mean, for, oh God, I could end up crying now. When in Logan, mm. when the fake... Don't you do it. Oh, that, that, I cried my eyes out. That was powerful. But I remember when the professor is dying in, in number three, thinking, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> It was so bad. It was so bad. But, but just, uh, and I won't go on about it because we've spoken about The Dark Knight, but I I was disappointed in The Dark Knight Rises, but you couldn't, I just think he tried, you know, I think he, again, that thing of trying to, what we expected was the Penguin or the Riddler. Well, look, that's what they expect. So let's give them Bane. That that was in in hindsight, that was just never going to work. It should have been a penguin or or a Riddler, and and that Bane it, it didn't work. And I, it's one of the films I still watch it for some reason because they well because there are good aspects of it, but it sort of gets worse and worse. It, it's it's not it's not a terrible film, but The Dark Knight was. You know, it's here. It's one of the best sequels ever. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Dark Knight Rises couldn't live up to it. I think this leads on to the, the next big question is. What is your worst sequel ever? Okay, worst sequel ever. Quite easy, this. Not technically a sequel, but it's a reboot. And it's the 2016 Ghostbusters, which is not only one of the worst sequels ever made, but I think one of the worst films ever made. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, okay. Listeners can't see Sean's face right now. He's deadly serious. (laughs) Yeah, I just... I just, you know, I actually watched a bit. I watched the prologue before doing this just to remind me, even though I've actually seen, it's probably the film, I've actually seen it a few times. I I put it on just to wake me up because I hate it so much. (laughs) And and then everything I do after watching it, I I can, um, you know, just my day improves. I actually recommend that everyone start their day by watching this wretched piece of shit and, and, and you will go on to have a better day than you did. This is unacceptable. Everyone should be ashamed of themselves. And Sony, <laughs> Sony should have watched that and said, we're not putting it out. <laughs> I can't believe they put it out. They should have just looked at it and said, we can't. Did you say any of this to the director when you interviewed him, Dave? Did you no, I said it just after, didn't you? What? I, I interviewed <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul Fig, Fig or Fig or? Yeah. Fig, I think. Fig, you yeah. Do, yeah. I interviewed him over a simple, a simple favor, the Anna Kendrick film. 
What did you t- come on? What what Dave? What did you say to that man about? I, I honestly, Sean, I don't, I don't my... believe in trolling. Right, I've, I've been a victim of a lot of trolling in my time, <laughs> but I, I would say to I would say to him, look, can I have a word? <laughs> I just I just need to talk to you about uh, a few things on and, paper, uh, though. Right, it should have worked. You know, it should have kind of, it was a, you know, the original Ghostbusters was a Saturday Night Live cast. You know, they should have, it should have come together as really funny people in it. But I do agree with you. It needs to be, yeah, it needs to be, Helen said this in her podcast, didn't she? It needs to be 20% funnier. And I will add in, it needs to be like 50% scarier. There's so many chances for jump scares. It needs to be 100% better. <laughs> See, I can totally understand why you hate it because we spoke about how much you love Ghostbusters. What points do you not like about it? I, I mean, apart from all of it. Okay, there... well, I think, by the way, so obviously there was a lot of was it controversy. I don't, you know, there was a lot, a lot taken from the fact that they made yeah. this decision to reboot it. And so, you know, it wasn't going to be a sequel. It wasn't going to be a, a passing of the torch, which was, you know, as a fan, it was just... It was gutting, that's all. Okay, they're going to reboot it. All right, fine, we get to see Ghostbusters again, fantastic. They're going to reboot it with women. Okay, now, of course, I don't have a problem with females, you know, playing, well, the the Ghostbusters. But then what, so what you're saying is we're not going to watch Peter Venkman and Ray Stans and Winston Zedmore and Egon Spengler, so we go, well, so we're not watching the Ghostbusters. You're taking the sort of concept. What has this ever even been done before? What the fuck is this? You're taking the sort of concept of it, and then you're going to put these new characters that we don't know and imagine that these characters are going to be Ghostbusters. Now they've sort some of the characters, ha- you know, have similarities with the original characters, but they're not the original characters. So what is this? We loved it. It wasn't, that's the thing about the Ghostbusters. One and two, it wasn't just the concept. It's the characters. It's not just the actors. The actors, you know, you uh, you couldn't find the, uh, um, well, you, you know, it'd be difficult to find a more perfectly cast film than, than Ghostbusters. There are some actors that you you just, they do them and you, you can't really recast them. I'd put Bill Murray in that. I would put Harrison Ford in that. And I would put Jeff Goldblum in that. And I would put Jack Nicholson in that. There are a few actors, Michael Keaton. They sort of bring themselves and it's that They're sort of playing them. And it, and Bill Murray's one mm. of them. I appreciate you're going to have difficulty when it comes to like, you know, recasting a Vekman. It's going to be tough because bi- sort of Bill Murray is Vekman and Vekman is Bill Murray. It's, you know, mm. it's a mixture. So, all right, you're going to change the gender. But that. These people aren't... Would have been better if they hadn't even tried to do any of that at all, really. I hated you know, the cameos just... as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, cameo- really I mean, what do you want? Well, they, show, they show a statue of Harold Ramis. What do you want me to do with that? I'm a fan <laughs> of Egon, and I'm a fan of Harold Ramis. But what do you think I'm going to do about seeing a statue of his head? Nothing. That's not... Like, I don't understand what you want me to be feeling from this and the cam- the cameos are really shoehorned in as well like we've talked about this before Dave the, about the things that I really massively hate is when sequels mm. come back 30 years later and shoehorn in nods to the to the original go up oh, but in such an obvious yeah. way that it's just you're like well yeah and, and and they just put them in for no reason it's horrible but but it was the tone the the, the thing is the tone of the film what Ghostbusters does so well, better than any other film ever, in my opinion, is take you on this journey in such a perfect way that it's set, you know, in 1984, New York, and very quickly you go from this, you know, New York as it is, as we see it, the real world reality. And we see this woman's, you know, the library scene, her face lights up, right? There's a ghost, Ghostbusters comes in. And just very slowly we are moved into this this sci-fi world this sort of horror film and you but you just believe it and you go with it every single step of the way it's absolutely brilliant it is perfect now if you were to watch ghostbusters on mute i make this point every time i talk about it if you were to watch ghostbusters on mute very rarely would you have any idea you were watching a comedy i think that is part of its genius yeah you watch 
the first few minutes of, of, of this, this, this reboot, the whole film, it's played like a comedy. I can't mm. stand that. I also can't stand actors indulging in improv. And nearly every piece of PR about this film was how fantastic it was. Everyone was improvising. And actually, there's like a 12-hour version of this film. Well, I hope Sony have burnt that for a start. <laughs> it's all very well improvising. And we know that they all did it on, you know, in 1984 and again in 1989. But the story was there, the characters were there, the script was there, and they improvised around it, as they do with the thick of it. You have the script, you do the script, we do some new takes, and this time improvise, have fun. This was a mess. There was nothing holding it together. And these people try and improvise to try and make us laugh. I mean, the, the opening scene, you know, when you, again, I'm going to compare it to the original Ghostbusters. You, when you take, you know, Walter Penn, and I forget the actor, it's terrible. I've actually got a toy figure of him in my bedroom. <laughs> I, I forget the actor's name, it's me. But, you know, this is, a, this is a heavyweight, seemingly, you know, a theatre actor. This is a brilliant actor going face to face with with Murray with Venkman in that scene and, and he says you know I, uh, you can you know I'll, you, I'll, you go and get a court order order and I'll, I'll sue your ass for wrongness for being what's it, what is it I'll sue your ass for wrongful prosecution I think and then and then he says you know you, you can have it your way Mr. Venkman. and it's it's just real you're watching this is not a comedy you're watching you wouldn't know it's you know they've got these funny lines but these funny lines are hidden under this perfectly pitched acting you you watch the the, the reboot but he's doing this tour around this this ghost this haunted house and one of the lines i've made a note of it uh, by the way i should say at this point that once me and my friend drank a uh, entire bottle of red wine during the course of this prologue we just paused it and <laughs> ranted at the tv about what was wrong with it so uh like but this is one of the the notes that i remember that the comedic actor zach woods who's in a lot of comedy for a start mm. there's your first mistake don't cast a comic actor for this get a serious actor for this bit the ghostbusters mm. aren't here the ghostbusters are the ones that are doing comedy so you want to be everyone around them should be basically should feel like you know the theater actors they should feel you know real that they're in a drama and and then you've got these comedic actors that are responding to what's going on around them in a funny way but he's walking around giving a tour of this house and he says look, looking at one of the ornaments in the house uh, or and it's like a statue or a painting of someone and he and Zach Wood says oh, this this person first had the idea to enslave elephants and you go, yeah, you go like, them, yeah. what, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's never where the comedy was coming from. It shouldn't be coming from. Because then what are you making? You're just taking the, you're taking the concept of the Ghostbusters. That's the only bit you're doing. It would be like if you said, right, they're going to remake, I'll say the thick of it. They're going to, to, to remake the thick of it. Fantastic. Okay, it's in 20 years' time. Oh, brilliant. The, the thick of it's coming back. Well, that should be good. Yeah. For some reason, all the politicians are female. Okay, fine. That's fine. Let's do that. Oh, it's a slapstick. Yeah. Oh, they've made it a slapstick. That's weird. It wasn't a slapstick. Why have they changed the tone of... So you just... I just don't know who, what it was for, what the, you know, did, did he watch the original and go, how are we going to recreate any of this? I, I just don't know what the plan was. It was an absolute mess. I was, I think you, oh, was you feel exactly about like this, about this Ghostbusters movie as I do about the Michael Bay Transformers movies. And the fact that I feel like they just ruined my childhood. It's, it's well, just I watching don't, it is, is yes. offensive. You're not allowed because you know, I've seen, you know, I've been on Twitter and I've seen the sort of stick people get when they say that that Ghostbusters ruined their childhood. You didn't mm. ruin my childhood, but you ruined my day. Yeah. yeah. You ruined my day. I was absolutely furious. It's just, it's, you, you've got to trust that the people that are making the film, and look, people care about this. Is, people care about these things. We do. You can, you know, you loser, you nerd, who cares? It's just a film. Well, you know, this is it. Me, it means a lot to me that this you're you're meant to be. You know, you're the guys making the films, trying to convince me that I need to go back to the cinema, that we need cinema, that we need you know that we need stories in our lives. So you're telling me I should care about it. I do care about it. And the person that's made this film has had absolutely no respect for what's come before it. What mm. is I could have made? I've really thought about this. I, I could have made it. a better ghost. I will say that I'm not one of these players, sorry, these football fans that's standing in the crowd 
shouting at the players going, I could have scored that. I couldn't have scored that. I'm not a professional footballer. I would have made a better version of Ghostbusters if you had given me the, the tools, I would have done it. That was as wrong as it you could get it. It was... I mean, Joel Schumacher came out and apologised for Batman and Robin. He should have come out and apologised for that. It's just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and Absolutely the thing is, terrible. There's this, this whole thing about reboots, and I, I, don't, but I don't quite get, is the fact that Hollywood can't make anything original anymore because it's too much of a risk. And so they have to reboot old stuff. But actually, if they'd have, if they'd have thought about it and made a film that involved these four actors in a, in a similar situation like this... Not didn't yeah. have to be Ghostbusters, could have been something else. It would yeah. have been a good film. If you take the Ghostbusters bit out of this film, some of you know it's funny. In places it's funny, the acting is good in places, the some of the stuff is okay, it's passable. It's just not Ghostbusters, and that's that's why it's a problem. It feels like it's shoe movie. Put them in like anything else, you know, like it feels like to me, I remember this was always meant to be a sequel, I thought. And then suddenly at the last minute, they were like, oh, no, it's not a sequel because the I think the original cast didn't really want to do whatever was offered to them to be their parts. And like, we're going to shoehorn this into uh, a reimagining or a reboot or whatever word you'd like to do it. Why are we letting it be a sequel? Because it was always supposed to be a sequel. Yeah. That Harold Ramos the statue, I, I actually thought that was like, hey, here's Eagle. Or not eagle. He's gone. Wrong. Egon, <laughs> thank you. God, Dave. <laughs> I thought that was meant to be like a, a nod, to like oh, the, the Ghostbusters were around, and the firehouse pops up at one point. But then Bill Murray turns up, and he's like playing that weird character, or Oof, and yeah. then Dan Aykroyd's uh, a cab driver, Taxi driver, yeah. And then Ernie Hudson's in the credits. So yeah, he's like, like he's the uncle I, that they borrow the hearse from. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I can't even remember. The story. I can't even remember the ending or the bad. The story. No, the story. The story is a is a mess, and that's why you can't remember it. It it, it doesn't. It does. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have. It it doesn't have the, the film sort of doesn't have a spine, and it does. You're right. It doesn't really have a villain, and it, mm. it, it, yeah, just totally, totally bizarre. Remember. And the Chris Hemsworth character. I mean, I remember reading re- uh, quite recently that Chris Hemsworth has come out and said that on the day before there was no script for him, and he was going to walk away. Wow. I mean, what was that? I don't understand what that was about. Was because was that sort of like a play on you know, like the sexy secretary, you know, that's normally you know the way that these you know fem- in the past the female characters have been so badly written, just these sort of mm. attractive secretaries. Well, why don't we do that with a male character? But Annie Potts wasn't playing Janine no. like that. So why that's are you true. bringing that message into this film? Devil's Advocate, do you know think it brought new fans to the franchise, like younger fans? Do you think that was what was its aim? I think or... it only made like 45p, didn't it? So I don't well, think many it people certainly didn't, it. it certainly didn't get its sequels <laughs> that it, it was planning to. No. And do you know that Paul, Paul Feig wasted $10 million on a dance sequence that was cut out? I've read about this weird dance sequence. It's, it's the shots in the credits or something yes. that was meant to happen at the end. <laughs> Well, it's yes, meant to. Bizarre. I think that, no, the dance sequence was meant to happen earlier on in the film. Yeah, and and then they just had to the what do you call it? Sorry, when the audiences go and watch the film before it. Green testings, yeah. Green testings were like that has that has got to go. So they just chopped it up and you know and put sort of stills in it. I think. For, yeah, the, it's a bit, it's a bit strange. What did you say to? Uh, did you mention Paul uh, Ghostbusters to Paul Feig at all? I didn't. I, I think yeah. I think I must have mentioned it. I don't hate it as much as you. I, don't I think everyone hates it as much as Sean does. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think it doesn't quite. And we talked about the reception to it, and that uh, some people like it now. It's, some people are fans of it. It made a certain amount of money, but not enough amount of money. He, we talked about how much hate he gets on the internet from it. I don't really remember why. Well, that's not. Yeah, you know, I don't. D- despite everything I've said, I don't wish that upon anyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was a very nice man, though. I mean, um, no one sets out to make a shit movie, they do they? You know, it just something happens and it just goes wrong. Like, so basically, Ghostbusters to do it terribly. Feels like a film that should be made. That Ghostbusters felt like a 2002 movie, like Fantastic Four or Daredevil, kind of that that era. It didn't feel like a, a good point. A, a 2016 mm. picture.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What film do you think is so perfect, but you don't, and it got a sequel, but you don't think it needed it? I brought it up, but I Jurassic Park. You, Boom. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant example. Brilliant example. It ends. It has a, it, you know, Jurassic Park is ended. They don't need a sequel. You know, it's, they get off the island. Oh, they went, Everest. Never doing this again. <laughs> you can't. And they haven't done, and they've done loads, and they, they just, they, yeah, they, they, they never will do. I don't think this. Jurassic World three or Jurassic Park six, so you know I, it's just going to go nowhere near it. I don't, I don't think. You talk about early, watching trailers early when you're little. The first time you saw the Jurassic Park trailer, and they showed even like a, the the uh, the T Rex foot in the mud, didn't they? And you're just like, what the fuck? I've never seen anything like it. And when I was like seven, when it came out, it scared the living shit out of me. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I yes, I'm going to go. Great with answer. Jurassic Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. <laughs> Other than that, I have to say, Rich doesn't let me do impressions because they're so no, bad. Because they're really bad, Dave. It's not that your impressions are bad. It's when you try and do people's accents and it's really embarrassing. I have one last question, and I don't ask questions very often. In fact, at all. Dave asks all the questions and I just sit and chuckle in the background normally. I read somewhere that, so we get agents tell us that people are really big film fans all the time. And so your agent- Of course you do. Yeah, Yeah. they're they're really big film fans. Sean's a really big film fan. I was like, okay. And then doing my research, I I looked up at the, I read a story that said, the reason you have a second N in your your name is because you are such a big fan of American Pie that you, and Stifler in particular, you decided you were going to stick at a second N on the end of your name like Sean William Scott. Is that true? Now, we've known each other for about an hour. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think it's true? I don't know. It I've is, got a feeling it is. It is. is it? <laughs> it is true. I, 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 um, American Pie is, yeah, well, it was one of my favourite films. So at school, my favourite character was Stifler. Stifler was played by Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott has two Ns. Bada bing, bada boom. What is your dream sequel? So we are really living in a dreamland uh, in this answer because uh, it's it's Ghostbusters three, and it's a Ghostbusters three that that would take place in the early nineties with obviously with Harold Ramis still being yes, obviously with us, and um, and I'm very much looking forward to Jason Reitman's you know new sort of Stranger Things version whatever he's doing really behind that what? well rich is a magician he's like i'm gonna he's magic he oh, make all it... the money in the world um and a time so machine to be a movie producer that doesn't use that money to touch people illegally and <laughs> i can i can make whatever sequel movie that you want to happen and uh, bring people back to the from the dead i can go yes. back in time you know brilliant make yes. this happen. so we're he's doing back... an early 90s ghostbusters 3 lovely brilliant. and who would you like to... are you going to keep the same director you're going to let ivan be at the helm of it or Ivan's going to be at the helm and what it is I'll tell you what it, what it is is one of my and it, this is related to sequels okay. one of my favorite moments in any film really but in a sequel is Die Hard with a Vengeance which also has a fantastic opening scene the the, the just the when now summer in a city montage yeah. and then bang explosion here we go Let's go. Fantastic. You have Die Hard 1. And, you know, sequels used to be, remember, they were much more, what, what would you say, that sort of serial base. It was just, they sort of had nothing to do with each other. It's number one, number two, number three, number four. The only thing that sort of, kept, you know, connected them was the characters. Mm. Um, Sometimes not even that, to be honest. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it, we have Die Hard 1. Then we have Die Hard 2, which, and they don't really, really have anything to do with each other. And then in Die so you're watching Die Hard 3, you think he's got nothing to do with the other two. Bang. He's Hans Ruben's brother. <laughs> and you're like, what? No! I can't believe it! They're tied them together! This is amazing! I absolutely... 
absolutely Die Hard with a Vengeance is up there with, with one of the best sequels. I absolutely love it. It's incredible. Yeah, you've great. got you've got to you know that what they understood at that at that time is that you've got to have the bad, you've got to have the good, you know, good bad guy, you've got to have a good villain. And Jeremy Irons, they've just got should we just go back to sort of do let's try and get like them to do what Alan Rickman did. Yeah, uh, we'll make it Alan what about Alan Rickman's brother? Yeah, brilliant. Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Somebody had fun. Fantastic. <laughs> so, so what I would like to do is you've had number one, Ghostbusters one, you've had Ghostbusters two, and again it's that it's they're sort of not really connected. You've got Dana and stuff, but you know she's split up with 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 Vetman, and obviously they get back together. But with Ghostbusters three, I'd like you to think that that's what was happening again. Yeah. Uh, and but then what it turns out is that the Goza worshippers from number one that we never see, that we only hear of the Goza worshippers, the mm. Goza worshippers resurrect. Ivo Shandor and Ivo Shandor is brought back and what he can do is he can possess people right and yeah. what he does where the film what, what the, the investigation that the Ghostbusters start with at the beginning of the film is people all around New York are going into comas no one knows why they're going into comas nice they're just going into comas and then Egon discovers using the Geiger meter that the people in comas, although they're alive, they don't have their spirit. Like they've, mm, ah. like they've got spirit. And what's happening is Ivo Shandor is extracting people's spirits and making ghosts out of the living as opposed to the dead. And so they they then obviously they end, you know, they won't they won't know this until until we find out sort of halfway through the film. Oh my god, it's Ivo Shandor. Oh my God, from number one. <laughs> I can't believe this. He's back. And there we go. And what's happening is he has possessed one of the main, what do you call it? Built like building firms in New York. Because if you remember in Ghostbusters One, this there's this haunted building mm -hmm. that, that is good, that is that is basically been designed by Ivor Shandor and is the gateway to hell. Yeah. And hell will open yeah. up here. So he's now building a new gateway to hell but the ghostbusters don't know which building it is and obviously it's one of the biggest cities in the world and now they've got to go and investigate to you know new york and there'll be lots of times they're ending up at building sites and and it's not you know they destroy the building in that sort of comical way that they do uh, it turns out it's not the building then as the ghostbusters you know one of the things one of the tropes of one and two is they're always getting in trouble with the law yeah. So they just like they do in between one and two, they get their license revoked. So, yeah. but 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 the, the world is going to end if they don't find what building Ivo Shandor has chosen as the gateway to hell. Then you know it will be the end of the world. So the Ghostbusters have to undercover find this building. They eventually find it, and we have a sort of almost in a JJ Abraham style, you know, from Force Awakens, lifting from A New Hope. You just sort of redo. The, the you know the ending to number one you sort of do it but somewhere else and it'll be some sort of twist as to where it is I don't I haven't if you don't mind I haven't got into that much detail because because um, Sony oh, well, Pictures, yeah, Sony, pictures <laughs> yes, Sony Pictures didn't give me the money to to, to make this so um, I, I didn't bother with all of the details but that to me that that would have been a, a very good film how like long have you been thinking about this I wrote it when I was a kid. yeah yeah pretty so. much when I was at school I wrote it. <laughs> I like the kind of uh, DIY SOS esque crossover that they've got to go around lots of building sites and, and figure yes, out. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of that, <laughs> and I like them getting their their license revoked because that gives that gives Benkman the uh, opportunity to rile against authority again. Exactly. And, uh, and all I could think of when you were saying it was uh, was it was Bill Murray going, "Yes, it's true. This man has no dick." Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just really see that working. I'm guessing that all the cast are back, Slimer included, Rick, Rick Moranis. All of the cast Annie would Pops. be back, and I would find, I would certainly find a way. However shoehorned it, it would be, I would find a way for Walter Peck to to come back, and maybe also Janosch. That would be great from Ghostbusters too. Yeah, oh, that'd be really good. Stay Puff, would you try and bring him back as well, or would you leave him? Leave Stay Puff and, and and leave Stay Puff and just get another massive thing. Yeah. Like another, you've the, yeah. yeah. You got the yeah Stay Puff and the Statue of Liberty, and I would we'll just get another massive yeah another massive thing, whatever that is. 
Would you change the theme tune at all? Would you leave the theme tune as it is? Or would you do a Missy Elliott, Fall Out Boy and ruin it? I thank you. Yeah. What? Sorry. I was just going to say, that's the thing I hate the most about the 2016 one, is the music. Oh, my it, God. It just winds me up so yeah. much. Like, just, no. It's just meant to get good. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yes, you have to stick with the original. Don't go, t- t- don't touch the song. It's, <laughs> it's perfectly good. It's it's, per- it's perfect. And also, by the way, just in terms of, sorry to go back to the abomination that is the 2016 <laughs> Ghostbusters, but another thing that you can tell instantly where they've got it wrong, and I, I actually met Jason Reitman once in LA, and I spoke to him and told him how excited I was. He was a bit freaked out by, by how excited <laughs> I was about him doing three but my main, one of my main regrets was not just giving him this bit of advice <laughs> which was in the, the 2016 Ghostbusters do you know that Columbia Pictures have set up this production company called Ghost Corpse no it's no. really weird they I don't get it they say like you know Ghost Corpse was meant to deal with all these sort of Ghostbusters spin-offs and stuff so at the beginning of the film before the film has started it goes like Sony Pictures and then Village Roadshow or whatever it is and then you see the ghost and the no ghost sign in this ghost corpse logo ident before the film started you're like that's part of the fun that's the bit we were looking forward to and you've blown it before the in film has started so i so in my version there would be no ghost corpse production and i hope i hope for sure in the ghostbusters afterlife there isn't either i don't think so that's one of those things when they like try and pronounce like the dark universe like oh what's coming Yes. Let's just let's just make one and see if that's good. Yes. And then let's see if people want more that they can get excited about. But uh, I'm really looking forward to Afterlife because the trailer looks really good. Yeah. Like actually quite dark and like yeah. you say, like Stranger Things esque. Yeah. Like and yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited about it. So and if it's rubbish, I'm going to be really really sad. Sean, what <laughs> happens if it's rubbish? We don't talk about. It. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't exist we're just gonna watch one and two ago don't, um, don't put that i in. just <laughs> don't believe i basically i believe that jason reitman knows what it means and i just don't think he'll i just don't think he'll, it'll be different because it it you know it's they, they obviously the studio have let them do it because they've gone look look we can do this you know what stranger things how that's taken off on netflix we can do this in a film and they've gone okay go and do it but i think it will be the point is it will be rooted in that reality that ghostbusters one and two mm. is rooted in so and i think you can kind of see that from from what we've seen so far i'm hoping they all sort of have that that same thing that i said you know that that point of if it was on mute you wouldn't be able to tell necessarily it was a comedy yeah so i'm hoping i don't think it looks like a comedy from the trailer like that trailer doesn't feel comic there are bits in it and you you recognize ghostbusters you know xo1 and the suits and stuff but oh yeah it could be it could be a kind of a a horror movie trailer the way it's shot yeah could be like a a creature movie couldn't it it's you know i'm I'm excited yes i don't want to be let down (laughs) you've been warned I had to sit through Spider-Man 3. I didn't sit through Spider-Man 3, but I paid for it. Don't let me down on this. I think they know how, from the 2016 version, how how passionate the Ghostbusters fans are. I think they underestimated that a little bit previously. So I, I think that, yeah, they did. I don't think, I don't think they realise what they had. They absolutely underestimated it. You're right. And that's why they've gone back, haven't they? I don't know. You guys can tell me. I can't think off the top of my head where a, where, where a franchise has gone. Ignore that. Yeah. and gone back and then gone back to gone back to like the, the franchise before it's really strange well I think like, um I think Bumblebee did that with the with the Bayverse Transformers didn't it it went yeah. forget all that stuff <laughs> forget forget all the Michael Bay it? ones yeah yeah we're going back to the original 80s cartoon <laughs> oh, we're that's... on from there Bumble's great Bumble's um, a good film yeah it's with a John, C- film, with John Cena it, so. Yeah. yeah, he's he's not in it that much though, John Cena. He's he's, oh, okay. he's kind of a, a bit part really. It's about it's the movie about a girl and her first car. It's it's E.T. but E.T.'s a car that turns into a robot. So that was Sean Walsh's unequal sequels. He's a passionate man, isn't he? He is a passionate man. It's really nice to have people that are passionate about movies on the pod. And and a, a lot of love for Ghostbusters. And I think he's probably going to get his wish of a Ghostbusters 3 sequel by the looks of it. So that's that's <laughs> going to be good. I can, I can pretend I worked my dream my dream producer, movie producer magic and made that happen for him. Definitely. It's going to be interesting to see what that the Afterlife film is going to be like. Because it's out this year. 
I'm very excited about it. But imagine if it disappoints him. Oh, oh. I wouldn't want to disappoint. It's going to break him. Yeah, I wouldn't want to disappoint no. him. He gets he, he got quite quite animated about his uh, his dislike of of the movies he's dis- he dislikes. <laughs> so I would if you, if anyone's <laughs> listening great. involved with uh, with Afterlife. Don't, don't disappoint Sean Walsh. You won't. You won't. You won't. You won't, you won't hear the end of it. <laughs> He's been a big, big fan for many, many years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, one of my oldest friends, somebody that I that I've been really good friends with since school. When I said we were going to do this, uh, this unequal sequel podcast, said you've got to do Ghostbusters. And I was like, we already have. <laughs> so yeah, synergy, isn't yeah. it? turns out that Sean is not alone in his love of Ghostbusters. Great picks. And I love The Dark Knight. I thought that was a great pick. I love talking about that as well. Yeah. Um, all of his choice. choices were really, really good. really good choices. Really, we had really, really good time recording that. Loved it. What, uh, what do people need to do if they want to get in touch with us, Dave? Right. They need to check us out on Twitter. We are at Unequal Sequel. We're also on Instagram, which I am learning. And we're also called Unequal <laughs> Sequel on that. And you can also get contact us at unequal sequel at hotmail.com if you would like we will be on all the uh, podcasting platforms please give us a follow a like on the ones that you can and just spread the word that you like and enjoy listening what we're doing and that you like films and sequels as much she'll love this podcast she'll love that my mum loves (laughs) this podcast she gave me a glowing review after the first (laughs) podcast went out and my dad rang me and told me, good job as well. So that was nice. Nice. Yeah. No, I didn't hear a word from my parents. So, oh. But then I'm not sure they know what a podcast is, so it's all right. <laughs> well, my parents are learning. We'll know if it's good if I can convince my wife to listen, because she reckons that she hears enough of me talking anyway. So yeah. she doesn't want to listen to me on a podcast too. That's true. I made my wife listen. She said it was good. So, you know, I'm got I'm getting glowing good. references from my inner family. That's that's what we like to hear. If you liked listening to Sean, you want to hear a bit more of Sean, then check out his podcast, which is called What's Upset You Now. And you can find that on lots of speed streaming platforms as well. Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all those. All the good stuff. And also keep an eye out for, for Sean and, uh, on tour soon. Do some yeah. comedy stuff. He's a funny man. He is. He is a funny man. Right. Well, got anything else to say, or is that it for this week? Just if you like what the sort of stuff we're doing here, then don't forget to check out the Baywatch podcast. Yeah. Of course. I keep forgetting about that. Don't one. forget our roots, Dave. That's where we've come from. Don't forget to check out the Baywatch podcast. It, you don't have to be a fan of Baywatch. I'm not, and I have watched a lot of episodes. So, yeah. but uh, but feel free to uh, check to out. come and join us. Yeah. And, and, and listen along. We uh, we it is a light hearted look at Baywatch. There's, there's something for the fans, but there's also for lots of stuff for if you're not a complete massive fan of, of the show either. But yeah, massive. join us for that, and join us again for another unequal sequel. We'll be back next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.